Would you like to know more about how pharma manufacturing works? Every month, we bring you an insider conversation with our experts here at Lonza, with our partners and leaders in the industry. Hi, my name is Martina Hestericeva, and this is A View On, a podcast brought to you by Lonza. Around 40 years ago, scientists first noticed that red blood cells were shedding small particles into the bloodstream. At the time, these tiny sacs, today known as exosomes, were deemed relatively useless and considered as cell debris or perhaps simply a way our bodies were decreasing the size of a red blood cell as it reached maturation. However, over a relatively short period of time, we have come to understand that these small, membrane-derived fragments are actually rich biological resources. And as we understand them today, exosomes play an important role in cell communication and differentiation, tissue homeostasis, or even organ development and remodeling. And they have shown therapeutic potential too, as recognized by many companies around the globe that are investing in research and development of exosomes and extracellular vesicles. There is an ever-increasing number of novel exosome-based therapies entering the development pipeline as we speak. And this topic may already sound familiar. We talked about exosomes in our fifth episode of the first season with Uwe Gottschalk from Lonza. If you haven't heard this episode, I highly recommend going back and having a listen. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome two representatives of Kodiak Biosciences. Kodiak is a clinical stage biopharmaceutical company pioneering the development of exosome-based therapeutics. Last year, Lonza has acquired an exosome manufacturing site from Kodiak in Massachusetts in the US and started a long-term collaboration that will establish a center of excellence focused on jointly developing the manufacturing and characterization technologies of exosomes. to talk about the exciting science of exosomes, their manufacturing, and plans for the Joint Center of Excellence, I am joined by a biologist, Sriram Satyanarayanan, the Chief Scientific Officer of Kodiak Biosciences. Hi, Sriram. Welcome, and thanks for coming to our podcast. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this uh, emerging, exciting topic about exosomes. I also find the topic really fascinating, so I'm more than excited to talk to you today. And Sriram is joined by Linda Bain, Kodiak's Chief Financial Officer. Hi, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Martina. It's such a pleasure to meet with you this, uh, this afternoon. It's great to have you both here. Let's begin by asking Sriram, what got you interested in exosomes in the first place? Exosomes are a fascinating new class of communication system. This communication system is conserved across all known animal and plant kingdoms. And it looks like the main responsibility for this communication system is to transfer complex macromolecules from cells to cells. I've been working on cancer and immunology drug development for over almost 20 years. And I find this novel therapeutic modality very exciting to bring new uh, therapies to cancer patients. So you mentioned that you've worked in immuno-oncology for years. Has the potential for extracellular vesicles been known 
for years or is this something new? It's a great question. Exosomes have been tried to be used as a therapeutic modality for over maybe, I would say, 15 years. What we are trying to do is really very novel because we are engineering the exosomes so that they have very uniform uh, properties um, so that they can be more effective as a cancer therapeutic. Mm -hmm. We were discussing this topic already in our first season of the podcast with Uwe Gottschalk, but what I find really interesting is now how it's being transformed from something that was deemed relatively useless a few decades ago to something that can transform lives and bring therapies to patients with really unmet medical needs. Could you, for our listeners, briefly summarize what your company does? Who and what is Kodiak Biosciences? Yeah, Kodiak Biosciences is a clinical stage uh, therapeutics uh, company located in Cambridge, Massachusetts, what I would call as the mecca of uh, you know, innovation of uh, biotech. And we are trying to really bring a new class of medicines that is based on engineered exosomes. And we built pretty much from scratch an engineered exosome therapeutics platform. And we have now published you know, extensively on this engineering modality. When we looked at it, the field of exosomes, people were using exosomes as a natural therapeutic. Um, modality, we quickly found out that the exosome as they are being used is very heterogeneous set of particles. They have different cargos on the surface or in the lumen. And as a consequence, we set out to really make them have a uniform cargo carrying capacity. The second biggest challenge we found with the exosome-based therapies is manufacturing. How can you really scale up and produce clinical grade material that is, you know, reproducible thousands and over and over over time so that it can be ready for commercial manufacturing. So Kodiak really spent a lot of effort on focusing on developing a scalable manufacturing platform that can go from bench to bedside. Are there any specific considerations you need to keep in mind for scale up as you're developing these therapies? We built the system with the clear uh, mindset that the components of the manufacturing process or the stages of the manufacturing process should really fit any biologics manufacturing floor setup that you need. So initially, when we are looking at, you know, gold standard exosomes, you need multiple rounds of ultracentrifugation density gradient for making those exosomes. We quickly realized that that's never seen in a commercial stage protein production and purification setup. So we went to traditional methods of protein purification, tried and true methods that would be suitable for, you know, biologics manufacturing. And our manufacturing platform is really built on that setup. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. May I also ask, out of curiosity, does the manufacturing process change depending on what you want to do with the exosome? For instance, depending on how the cargo is transported, whether it's within the particle or on its surface, do you need to then add some additional steps, some washing or change the cell line maybe? So our manufacturing process has two general steps. You know, one is you first engineer the producer cells, very similar to what you do with your antibody or protein biologics manufacturing, that engineered cell now starts to spit out exosomes that now have your cargo either on the surface or in the lumen. That 
engineering process is pretty much uniform for all of the cargo uh, proteins. After you post purification, after you get the exosome purified, you can add uh, functional molecules to the exosome. This is where, depending on the product, you can have some changes. And if we were to take a step back, how different is the manufacturing of your products compared to antibodies or to small molecules? It is much more similar to an antibody manufacturing principle. So we take our gene of interest, we put it into a cell, it's a mammalian cell that can be grown in suspension at a very high density. The exosome that the cell is spitting out has our protein of interest either on the surface or in the lumen. And then that uh, supernatant from the media is concentrated and goes through purification process that's very similar to an antibody purification process. Do you have to induce the production of exosomes itself from the cells, or does this process happen on its own? This process happens on its own. Um, we are actively looking to see there are processes that could be altered to increase the production of the exosome. Now, we touched upon the topic of uses of exosomes already. You mentioned vaccines. We have been talking about cargo delivery. Is there anything else exosomes can be used for when it comes to therapeutics? Martina, we think of exosomes as an efficient communication vehicle to predominantly immune cells and other cell types within the body. Our initial products are focused on immuno-oncology. Uh, we are now looking at infectious disease and, and vaccines. And we are now also looking at gene therapies where you could deliver complex you know, viral particles like AAV uh, selectively to a specific cell types. Do exosomes have any additional functions or properties that are good for delivering? I'm thinking whether you could maybe use the surface receptors to target the delivery only to specific cells? This is a key advantage of an exosome-based delivery system. The simplest way for me to put it is probably the most advanced nanoparticle delivery system out there. You know, we try to reverse engineer using LNPs to make things that look like exosomes, but they have no real proteins on them and their lipid composition is very different. We think exosomes have an innate ability to uh, to be engineered to have multiple transmembrane proteins, membrane-associated you know, enzymes and antibodies that can be put on the uh, surface of the exosome, as well as complex proteins that can be loaded onto the lumen of the exosome and therefore prevent it from being blocked by neutralizing antibodies or uh, enzymes that would digest those proteins. Yeah, it has uh, no limitations in terms of what class of molecules can be put on or in the exosome. How are the therapies administered to patients? The current versions of the exosome therapeutics that are being tried in the clinic is local administration. It's actually intratumoral administration. This is by design because we believe to get the maximal therapeutic window for our first two programs, we need to get to the tumor microenvironment directly. The third product that will be entering clinical development shortly uh, is an IV-administered product. Again, it has the ability to go to a specific type of immune cells that are present in the tumor, especially uh, in the liver and in circulating blood. 
I heard about the NGEX platform. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Could you tell us a little bit more about this? So you're asking about the engineered exosome, we call it NGEX platform. Uh, this is our proprietary technology. We identified what proteins are present on the surface of the exosome or what proteins are present in the lumen of the exosome. And these proteins are enriched on the exosome membrane compared to plasma membrane. So we know that these are specifically put by the cell on the exosome surface. So we use these, what we now call as scaffold proteins, to tether any therapeutic protein like an antibody or a peptide or cytokine to the exosome surface or lumen. So the engineered exosome allows us to generate a uniform drug development platform. As we mentioned at the beginning, this is a relatively new field. Only 40 years ago, we didn't even know that these vesicles can be used for anything. Now we are at the stage where many companies around the world are entering clinics with exosome-based therapies. I wonder, what do you think? Where will we get in the next five years? Uh, we feel that the exosome-based therapeutics has brought potential beyond oncology. Relating this field, similar to what, you know, 1980s, the antibodies and protein-based therapeutics were. Initially, people were saying, oh, no, only small molecule-based therapies can be manufactured and administered in a clinical setting. And then, you know, there was this whole revolution, primarily, you know, driven by Genentech, PDL, and other companies that were trying to bring these protein-based therapeutics into the clinic. And that's the stage where we are. The next frontier for us is really gene therapy. I really like how you compared it to how biologics were developed in the 80s. I really see many similarities here as well. Fantastic. Thank you. And I'd also like to thank you for your time, for coming to our podcast and sharing this exciting area of research and development. I can't wait to see more of your science in the future. Thank you, Martina. So that was Sriram Satyanarayanan, the CSO of Kodiak. As we mentioned at the beginning, last year, Lonza has acquired an exosome manufacturing facility from Kodiak in the US. And we are now turning to Linda Bain, the CFO of Kodiak, to look at the business side of exosome manufacturing and their plans for the newly established Center of Excellence focused on exosome manufacturing and characterization technologies. Linda, you've been at Kodiak since the very beginning. What was your initial vision for the company and has it changed in the meantime? Thank you, Martina. That's a great question. Our vision from the beginning was to create revolutionary medicines by taking advantage of exosomes as a natural messenger system in the body. Back in the day, and, and this is still the case, we saw the potential to get to undruggable targets by harnessing exosomes and engineering them in such a way that they can deliver therapeutic molecules in a highly specific in an impotent matter. And, you know, what we set out to do back in the day was to say, here's what the exosomes do very well, very naturally. But if we want to make them consistently and we want to actually deliver something that can make a specific difference to patients, let's set ourselves to do two goals. Let's engineer them to give them properties they don't have. And let's make sure we're able to manufacture them with scale and with quality that will enable us to actually get into clinical trials. So those were the two goals we had right from the start. And, you know, skipping forward six years now, that's exactly what we've achieved. I think that it's like anything when you start new, it's having the, the belief and the vision in what you think you can do. And I think for, for Doug and me, Steve Gillis, who we've worked with before, really called us both to say there's 
increasing literature that exosomes have this potential to help us get to those unruggable targets. And let's think about what we can do to bring this exosome discovery, as you talked in academia, people thought that exosomes were garbage disposers. How do we bring this to be a therapeutic and how do we form a company around it? And I think for me, it was a leap of faith to know that, you know, reading the literature, you could tell that this was almost a no-brainer. And if we can engineer those things and set ourselves to change those properties, we can do amazing things. And I think, you know, in, in this case, that's exactly what we said on day one. We also knew at the time that in addition, there were really two things that were very important for us. The engineering of the exosomes to give them those extra properties that, that I just mentioned a minute ago and the ability to manufacture them. And we knew that if we wanted to build a, a therapeutic company, we needed to figure out the manufacturing. And I think looking six years later now, we've done indeed just that. We figured out the engineering, we solved the manufacturing, and we have a, a true platform now that is is really got the potential to make a huge difference for, for patients. I can't wait to see what happens in five or 10 years. It's really exciting to be there almost at the beginning. We are not at the beginning anymore, I know. I really feel like this is going to change the entire field of medicine. I think the, um, you know, when you don't have to reverse engineer a particle, when it's doing its job naturally, you know, just leveraging that natural ability gives you such a great starting point. And then when we actually add those extra properties to send those exosomes to places that don't naturally go or to actually put on payloads in or outside, that versatility of how we can work with exosomes really gives us that exquisite ability to get to targets that up until this point have been very hard for, for all of us. So you're absolutely right. The potential here is extraordinary. And I think touches on the fact that as we've now gone through the years here, what we've seen in our preclinical models have actually begun to translate into what we're seeing in the clinic and really give us that hope that thanks to the investment we've made on the engineering side of the exosomes, as well as on manufacturing, that this will translate into clinical benefit for patients. So I'm as excited as you are over what we can potentially do here. It is clear that this field has sparked some interest in the industry already a few years ago. How is Kodiak differentiated in the field of exosomes? You know, I think, Martina, it comes back to those two core things that I said in the beginning. You know, exosomes in their natural form do extraordinary things just on a day-to-day basis as we sit here. But the two things we set out to do, the actually engineering of the exosomes and how we manufacture them at scale consistently and GMP quality. Those two tasks were the goals right from day one. And because we've done those two key investments right from day one, where we are now is we are actually the company that's the first to have an engineered exosome on the GMP conditions manufactured in clinical trials. We have two studies in the in the clinic right now, a third one to enter soon. So we really are a leader. And again, the end goal at the end of the day is to use this platform to make a difference for patients. And we feel very excited about that opportunity. I'd like to take a step back and talk about the manufacturing challenges that Kodiak for sure is experiencing on a daily basis, given the fact that exosomes are really hard to manufacture. It's something that we've discussed already with Sriram as well. Could you tell us a little bit more about how you see the collaboration with Lonza? You know, when we started Kodiak, exosomes were not being manufactured at scale. They were using ultracentrifuges and and techniques that clearly was not going to be something you could use to go into the clinic. But as you begin to think about, you know, the next stage, it's very important for us to be able to scale up what we currently already have. And that's actually where I think the work with Lonza is going to be very, very meaningful. And as you think about cell and gene therapy companies, you know, that perhaps did not make those investments on day one, at some point in the future, it actually caught up with them. And that's why for us, we started with manufacturing as the goal to solve on day one. And so where I see 
the collaboration with Lanza really play out through the center of excellence. And Lanza has fantastic abilities. We know the exosomes and I can, you can only imagine what these two experts can do to really bring exosomes to the next level. And you know, Lanza, Lanza has had the vision to see new technologies before other people have done so. And you guys have invested in new technologies. And I think that takes a certain amount of courage and vision to do so. I would also like to ask you, since it's clear that we are now co-creating the space for manufacturing exosomes, what's your long-term vision for this area? And what's the long-term vision for your company? The vision for us is to ultimately, if I come back to sort of what is it we're trying to do, is to really bring these, you know, differentiate therapies to patients and get to those undruggable targets that have haunted us as an industry for so many years. And again, I think with a partner like Lanza that helps us just bring quality to the product that we bring to our trials is so important, especially again, as you think about later stage and commercial stages, our product is our process and our, our process is our product. And I think it's, this is the piece that have handicapped other companies in the past, especially when it's a new modality or it's a new platform. And for us, that was a goal from day one, a vision from day one. And that vision will continue. Kodiak was formed at the right time to take this from the academic discoveries that have been made to really make it a true therapeutic. And I think Lanza arrived at the right time. This partnership was perfectly timed in terms of where we are in the clinic and what it is we hope to do next. And, and I can't wait to see what the two companies are going to do together and very excited about 2022 and, and the future here. I believe you 100%. And based on the conversation that we've had, I can feel that your excitement for the entire field is still growing. So thanks for sharing this with us and with our listeners. And thanks for your time. It was really a pleasure talking to you. What a pleasure. Thank you. And that's all for today from everyone. We will be back next month with a deep dive into the history, manufacturing and applications of antibody drug conjugates. I'm already excited. Bye for now.